Tokyo, Japan. My name is Gary Verhuller, and I'll be your host for what we call the Substance of Living Podcast. Today, we'll look at what we call life's lessons. And I hope this will provide you with some insight, maybe even some inspiration to life's challenges. And welcome to episode 39, part two on active listening. I'd like to review a little bit because there are important principles that I think you need to be aware of. So, uh, number one, listening is based upon trust. Active listening is based upon trust. And there's three unspoken underlying messages. The listener is giving the speaker. Number one, I'm listening. Number two, I want to learn and understand. And number three, please help me. That's the under, those are the underlying or, or unspoken messages that you're providing as a listener to a speaker. You're non-judgmental. You, you want to be open to all information. I received my training in active listening as an intern psychotherapist and as a counselor. And it's not only improved my ability to be an executive coach, it all, it's also improved my ability to be a good friend. And my guess, as I mentioned in the previous video, my guess is that your best friend is one of the key elements to your best friend is the fact you trust that person. You trust them to truly listen to you when you have troubles. You trust them to celebrate with you when you have positive things happen in your life. You trust them. And please remember, with these skills that I'm going to be teaching you, in this unit and in the next. You cannot control any person with these skills. You cannot control any person. If you are insincere when you're using these skills, the speaker will automatically know. And that trust will be forever broken. You'll never reach that level of trust if you're insincere in using these skills. So that being said, I want you to learn some other things that I'm going to teach you today. Number one is purpose. The purpose of be becoming an active listener is to be become a better listener. And it really does help. It helps you to create a safe, comfortable, welcoming environment for the speaker so the speaker is willing to share more information with you. Talking about yourself, unless you're an egoist and egotist, what's the difference by the way? Egotist is always, T is always talking about themselves. Egoist thinks about I, 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 I. What's in it for me? That's the difference. So if you're not an egotist and egoist and you truly care, you're helping someone to speak about, about themselves. And that can be a little embarrassing. So they're putting their trust in you to keep their confidence. And that's another big element. What I'm going to teach you now will help you to focus and to refocus and to refocus. Active listening is not easy. Active, active listening takes tremendous amount of energy and a lot of effort. So it's very important that you don't just brush this aside. 
because if you do, you'll be doing a disservice to the person you're listening to and to yourself. The brain is always active. It's always active. That's why I'm saying you have to focus and refocus. Because you'll have random thoughts coming in. You'll have thoughts about you wanting to say something. Patience is a big thing. You have to be patient if you're actively listening. And just random thoughts. Oh yeah, ice cream for some odd reason. You have to focus. And these skills help you focus and refocus and make you a better listener. So active listening helps us to be in the moment as well. All right. So what are the skills? Here's skill number one. And you can go online and get lots of data on active listening. There's all, there's tons of uh, thousands of pages on active listening. These are the ones I found that work for me and I've used them over the last 45 years. Here's number one, repeat key words. If somebody says, Gary, where are you from? And I'll say, well, I'm, I'm from the United States. I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. And they'll say, oh, St. Louis. And I lived in Albuquerque, New Mexico, New Mexico, for 14 years before I came to Japan. I'm not angry that they repeated St. Louis or New Mexico. It shows me that they're listening. So repeating key words. You want to avoid repeating every single word or the entire sentence. Just focus on the key information words. Second skill, so repeating keywords. Second skill, asking questions. And my suggestion, the first question concerning a particular topic should be a what question. A what question is an open-end question. It opens the door to everything. For example, if you said, do you like summer? That's a yes, no answer. But if you say, what season? Do you like? Now they have a choice. It opens the door. It's a less threatening question too, and gives the speaker or the person who's going to answer that question an opportunity to choose what they want to talk about. Then you can follow up with all the other question words. Oh, my favorite season is summer. Really? Well, where do you go during the summer? Where question? Oh, well, I da, da, da. Oh, well, who do you who do you enjoy summer with? Ah, you got the who question. Now, for you, when is summer? For example, in Australia, it's different than it is in the Northern Hemisphere. You've got the when. Why, why, why do you like summer so much? T tell me. Now you've got the why question. How do you enjoy summer? What do you do? And you're getting more and more information. So, number one is repeat keywords. Number two, ask questions. I always take notes when I'm, when I'm in a serious discussion, either as an executive coach or as, as a counselor or as an advisor, a life coach. I always, 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 always take notes. Why? I take notes because no one, unless you have a photographic memory, can memorize everything that's said to them. By taking notes, you are physically involved in the information. You have the pen in hand, you have the notebook, you're writing. And research has been done at Stanford, actually, in MB with MBA students. Students that took no notes, students that took notes with a computer, students that took notes 
with a pen and paper and the students that took notes with pen and paper retained the information much longer and were able to apply it in novel situations much faster than the computer person and certainly much much faster than the person that took no notes at all. So my suggestion, take notes if you really want to listen. And by taking notes, particularly if it's face-to-face, -face, the speakers can say, good God, they're, they're really serious about this. They really do want to learn this information. So repeat keywords, ask questions, all the time taking notes. Third one I call acknowledgement. Now, these are words that you can use to show the speaker, I'm listening. Oh, really? Ah, I see. Oh, okay. So, oh, really? I see. Okay. Tell me more. Those are all terms of acknowledgement. And you can, you can put them together. Oh, really? I see. Okay. Well, well, tell me more. Or you can just say, oh, okay. The idea and, and you're positive means that you understand and you're encouraging, encouraging the speaker to speak to you more. So, you've learned about how important it is to have trust, to be sincere when you're actively listening, and also to be very patient and listen. Don't rush with your questions. It's been my biggest challenge is to just keep my mouth shut and let the other person speak. And for some odd reason, People from the West, um, interesting term from the West, I guess that's, I should say, in my culture, in American culture, I've noticed that people are uncomfortable with silence. Unless you're a Navajo Indian. And I grew up, uh, rather I lived in New Mexico and I met a number of Indians and I learned from them that sometimes a conversation with them could be 10 minutes of silence because they're thinking about what was said, and then they'll reply. Very interesting. For me, it's really difficult, and I'm still finding myself to be quiet, be quiet, Gary, just listen. Stop wanting to contribute so much and start listening. Now, who can you practice? Who can you practice active listening on safely? You don't want to practice. You don't want to practice with your significant other. You don't want to practice with your family. You don't want to practice with your friends. So who can you practice with? Who can you practice these skills on and to get better? Kids, children. Why? Because almost no, almost nobody particularly adults, listen to kids. Kids said, boy, I really like the sun. The sun is really warm today. And instead of saying, really, you like the sun? Tell me more. What do you like about the sun? Let me give you an example. Uh, my wife and I love to go to Guam. We lived in Guam for two and a half years. And we have friends on Guam. And we were in the supermarket one day. And a friend of ours, Thelma, was in the supermarket and said, Thelma, Gary, and we hugged, and how are you? And she had this little five-year-old girl. Now, Thelma's kids were in college, so we were surprised that there was this little girl. And I said, who's, who's this? And Thelma said, 
Linda, this is Gary. Gary, this is Linda. And I got down on one knee and I shook her hand. I said, hi, Linda, how are you? She said, okay. I said, Linda, hmm, that's a, that's a very pretty name. Do you like your name? Yes. Really? Linda, what other names do you like? Princess. Oh, Linda, are you a princess? Yes. Tell me what it's like to be a princess. I have a, I have a white horse, and the white horse has wings, and he carries me over the ocean. I was just, I was stunned. The child's world, how she saw the world, her imagination just opened to me. All I did was listen. I was just amazed. Now, there is a downside to listening to kids. They'll follow you everywhere because you're one of the few adults that actually listen to them. So make sure you have plenty of time. I, remember, I mean, we've all experienced this. It, when, you're, when you're a kid and your, your aunts or your uncles come over, hi, Gary, how are you? I'm okay. So, uh, what are you doing? Going to school. Do you like it? Eh, it's okay. What do you want to be when you grow up? I don't know. Oh, that's good. And they walk away. But if you really listen to a kid, you'll be amazed with what you learn. I used to teach at K.O. Yochisha. And as many times as possible, I would get, I would have most of the class working on something, writing or something. And I would take one or two kids individually in, in the room. And I'd sit with them and say, okay, tell me about yourself. And there we go. Sensei? Sensei's going to listen to me? And say, yeah, what do you like? What, what do you do? What do you enjoy doing? What, what do you love doing? And the kids, and, I, and a, a way to get, it, get them started is you say, you give something about yourself first. For example, I really love summer, and I love swimming, and I love bicycling. What about you? What season do you like? The kid just opened. It's really great. So, you've learned some skills today. One is repeat keywords, which means information words. Two is ask questions and start with a what question. Three, acknowledge. Oh, okay. All right. I see. Okay. I understand. Tell me more. And practice on kids. Kids will love you for it. And you'll get a chance to, to know if you're doing the job properly because a kid knows if you're not listening. You knew if your, your parents or your aunts or uncles were not listening. You knew it. And you were like, Pfft. kids will do the same, same, same thing and you'll get instant feedback from the kids. Okay, thanks. Bye. Thank you for joining us today for the Substance of Living podcast. If you'd be kind enough to consider subscribing, you can contact us through Spotify or Apple Podcasts or connect on Twitter. Join us again next time for what I hope will help you navigate life.